welcome to episode 65 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. I am one half of your hosting team today, Heather Powell, coming to you from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be talking about Russian horror. <laughs> and with me, as always, is Mr. Smoke Show Crawford, coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee, in the state of Michigan, in the United States of America, in the North American continent, in the Western Hemisphere, on the planet Earth, in the Milky Way galaxy. I'm fully vaxxed, boosted and waxed, and ready to climax, and if you can, please get me wet, feed me after midnight, and I am the man with the glorious beard, aka Mother of Cats, aka the man <laughs> with the humongous ego, aka <laughs> Scott Housen. I love it, Scotty. That's amazing. <laughs> you know who has a really small ego? Tim Davis, because when he watches AEW, he closes his eyes through half of it and misses what's going on in those matches. God damn. Um, I haven't talked to Scott about this, but as we know, this is a horror podcast, but Scott and I are very big AEW fans. I would like to have Tim and Rob Humphreys on a special episode, Scott, and we call it Friday Nightmares One Night Stand. Yes. And because I don't know if you know what that's from. Tim doesn't because he's probably not a real wrestling fan. <laughs> but when ECW got rebranded back from WWE, they had a pay-per-view called One Night Stand. Oh, and nice. it was supposed to be the only time that ECW came back into the um, the realm of wrestling. There you go, Tim. I taught you something. Um, <laughs> Damn. I know, right? Fired. <laughs> Just kidding. Tim's allowed to have his opinion. If he doesn't like AEW, he's like, all joking aside, he's absolutely allowed to feel how he feels about those matches. I, I just mean, like teasing him. To be fair, he did say he is excited to watch it now, now that he knows what the cards are. Oh, yeah. And like, if it, it wouldn't be me if I didn't rag on Tim, which is funny because I like think Tim is like the nicest person in the entire world. Oh, I know. But right? you know, but, that's how you know you are in good with you. If you're getting ragged on by Heather, then you know that she likes you. Like I had this fantasy promo where like Tim's in the ring and I'm like lipping him off and I'm like, don't worry, Tim, I'm going to hit you where it hurts. And then his wife comes out with me and like her and I join <laughs> forces and she goes off on Tim on how he like doesn't do the dishes and shit. And like... <laughs> like we're gonna like i don't know destroy him i don't know how and you can't wrestle you can't wrestle females with males yet yet in AEW. though i'm sure like they could there would be some great matches you have mixed tags and stuff but they don't usually like you know have girl on guy action or guy on girl action <laughs> like oh man and i got the lube out ready to go too i was disappointed that doesn't happen right but anyway. you know guy on guy action i'm fine with that yeah you'll take what you could get scotty exactly um but this is <laughs> if this is a horror podcast so we'll get back to the horror Wait, is it? Uh, i guess <laughs> some of these 2022s were horrors that we sat through not the good kind the kind like yeah what am i doing with my life um what was i gonna say so uh thank you to everyone for your feedback in regards to spooky season we got some really funny memes including one from gary hill that took a picture of himself out yes <laughs> he was alive and well thanks shouts out to gary glad you're feeling better nice to see you back on the facebook scene again um love you gary yeah yeah nice to see you my friend so but yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, I'm glad that people checked out 13 lives, particularly Debbie. So thanks Debbie for letting me know that you watched that and that you enjoyed it. And same with the, you know, our music segment that we decided <laughs> to spend half an hour on talking about last time. So 
thank you everyone for your feedback we greatly appreciate it and um and, yeah and i actually <laughs> i gotta <laughs> say like uh dale i know i was giving you shit last episode because you know messaging heather and whatnot like i you know i appreciate you reaching out to me and like uh like, oh my god did he stuff. seriously make it reach out to you too well no he sent uh like he was making sure to tag me in comments on the page <laughs> it's like I you know, know i'm just dale. teasing you dale i wasn't really like i'm just i gotta give heather a hard time that's all it's it okay is. dale like it's just because scott's <laughs> upset that one person likes me meanwhile he has millions and millions of scotty fans it's funny all i can see is scott's pity in the background just pacing back and forth in front of the door he doesn't know what to do himself poor dexty <laughs> he's just like i'm bored he's like what the fuck is going on these two are talking about nonsense again um but in and we will get right into our 2022s i think because we have lots of other gossip to talk about unless something really important happened to you scott in the last like two weeks <laughs> no nah, i mean i just went to the beach nothing really exciting and how happened. was the weather weather was great then uh nice. turned into a storm by the end which was perfect because that's when we were getting ready to leave but we got to watch the storm roll in so that was cool nice and there was no lightning uh there was lightning way off in the distance yeah, you're like by about 10 feet in front of me, way off in the distance. <laughs> well, you know, you know, with, with me, with uh, you know, the uh track record I have with being almost struck by lightning, you're, you'd be you're, you should be like, I'm surprised I'm outside during storm. storm. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> at all. Knowing you for almost three years now, Scotty, I am not surprised, not surprised uh... at all. Like yeah. you just are, you know, a little cuddly teddy bear that wants to just chase down all the storms that he can. That's just this thing. I want to reenact Twister. Oh, go get that tornado that killed my pa. <laughs> yeah. It's in your house and that house and then come after you. What a dumb line. What a fucking dumb line. Anyway, anyway, um, we have a list of 2022 films because Scott's back, baby. Fuck yeah, Scott's yeah. back. And we're back to watching shit movies. So why don't we start off with this gem, Scotty? You uh, you lead us in with this bad boy. All right. Let me pull the synopsis up of this wonderful one. Oh, man. Uh, boy. <laughs> I didn't know you watched this, so I was going to be so excited to tell you about it. <laughs> but no, we suffered together, so it's good. Yeah, because apparently yeah. Heather and I have a great taste or bad taste, depending. Oh, yeah. It's one or the uh, other. Because, yeah, we ended up just uh, like watching the exact same movies, which is kind of hilarious. Normally, we watch some of the same, but not all of them. But this one is called Get Away If You Can. <laughs> like, get away from this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, hopeful that an open ocean sailing trip might relight the spark of their passion. A troubled married couple hits a breaking point when one's refusal to explore a fo foreboding deserted island sends them on a deep internal journey that will soon require drastic decisions in order to survive. Uh, no drastic decisions in order to survive. Didn't you look like they were struggling to survive? But anyways, that's besides the point. The stars, Ed Harris, who I'm assuming must have just owed the director a favor because... He played a boomer racist character in this, and it was like, he oh, just kind of like, what do you call that? Like half-assed his lines. Didn't even seem like he was just, he was just, he didn't even seem like he wanted to be there. It was and, the most racist boomer over the top stereotype you could have ever found. Yeah. Like he was just like, he was hor like, I don't know if he was, he wasn't horrible. It's not like he did a horrible job. It's just the character was just obnoxious and like so stereotypical. It was so dumb. Yeah. And this, it made it sound like it was horror by like the survival aspect of it. The You know, like the survival horror that mm -hmm. we are into, but there was no, th this was basically a horny movie. Oh man, it's horny. 
because yeah, it's just like, oh, this girl's going to go like ignore her husband who like they're on the sailing trip and she's just out of nowhere just to be like, ah, oh, fuck this. I can't be on this boat anymore. And then takes a tiny little uh, lifeboat and goes to an island and tells him to just go away without her. And just she's going to survive on this island by herself. And then he with no goes, food or water. Yeah, with no like, food or water. Because so in the ocean. So, yeah. yeah. And, and then he decides he's going to just stay on the island another ways away. And then, like, just kind of keep coming back to see if she'll accept him back. And then then they're running around naked and having sex. And it, <laughs> I don't know what you the You know what the best part is? We've summed up this entire movie because, you know, you don't need to see it. <laughs> it's it's a waste of time. Like this may be one of the worst films I've seen this year. And it was just bad. And that says something for Scott. Cause he is a very generous grader of, of films and his one and a half star. I would a hundred percent support it is a 90 minute runtime. It felt like a fucking five day run. <laughs> yeah. Like, and there was just nothing. There was, the story was pointless. Like, yeah. I didn't get what the point of the story was, is that he was rejecting his father to be with her was that the point? I guess I that's what I'll take from it, but it was just dumb and like a waste of my time, a waste of anybody's time. <laughs> and, <laughs> and this is a waste of your time listening to us review it. Um, <laughs> no, it's not because we're funny when we don't like a movie. Oh, God, no, this... it's, it, I'll give it credit for cinematography. It was interestingly filmed. Um, yeah, but a beautiful just, setting and shot yeah, well and all that, but right. But ugh. like, it just didn't make any sense. So it's not a horror film. It's, it's a, it's a drama. And I use that term very, very lightly. Um, if for some reason we haven't sold you enough, Jason Gray, <laughs> shout out to Jason Gray, who watched the found footage infrared that we talked about and had the same opinion we did too. So thank you, Jason, for clarifying. Right, well, I mean, to be fair with infrared, we actually still like didn't hate it. No, but at least he watched it. Jason, don't watch this film, please. Yeah, Jason. Don't, don't. Yeah. Like we're, we'll be ready for you. We'll be concerned for your well-being. Please don't watch it. Um, Anyway, for some reason, if someone out there is like, oh man, I really want to see Ed Harris. I'm an Ed Harris completist. Then you can find this on iTunes, Google, Voodoo, YouTube, and Cineplex. Scotty and I, when we wouldn't be paid to watch it. So I don't know if we can recommend a price for it. It's just not a well-made film. No, terrible, awful, awful movie. I hate it. I hate it every <laughs> second of it. <laughs> Fuck that movie. Fuck that movie. The next one was actually recommended to me from Tim Davis when he interviewed me, Hair Flip here, on hey. uh, Horror for Dummies. And it's funny because this is one of the ones that I watched as well, thanks to the interview, him and, and him recommending it to you. Right. So Eradication, that's what it is, right? Did I say yep. right? Eradication. Yeah. Um, it's an 84-minute runtime. It's a to-be original, I believe. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> stay isolated. Stay alive. When an unborn disease wipes out most of the world's population, a man with a unique blood is isolated for study. Fearing for his wife's safety, he breaks his quarantine into the world overrun by monstrous, infected, and shadowed, shadowy agent, a, shadow, a shadowy agency hunting them down. Um, this movie was made right in the heart of COVID. Um, oh, I read up a little bit on it, and it was made like during lockdown. Oh, and yeah, so that's why there's so few actually people and people interactions in it mm, um, makes sense. and you know we're, we're getting a lot of these pandemic movies now like covid has you know led to the development of you know a lot of different zombie theme we had them before but i feel like we're having them more than ever now covid's you know integrated into our pop culture 
I thought this one was well done. I I think it was probably one of the better to be originals that come out this year. Now, Rob fucking Humphreys, if you watch this fucking movie and you don't like it, I don't know what else to do, Rob. Because I'll say I like something and Rob will be like, it's absolute fucking garbage. But yet he keeps <laughs> watching what I recommend. So <laughs> Yeah, I'll say it. I agree with you on this one. Like this one is definitely uh <clears throat> Well, definitely one of the best uh, to be originals. There's one more that uh, we have on our list that is tied for that as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, this one was really good. Uh, and I thought it was going to go the typical zombie trope and it didn't. It went a little bit of a different route. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. was that was a nice surprise. And yeah, I like I like how the story uh, unfolded. Like they did a good job with like the actors did a good job of like keeping everything at a good pace and interesting. Yeah. Because, you know, they're pretty much by themselves in different areas. But like, yeah, so they're pretty much having to carry the film without having to work around anyone else. And they like they did a good job. Like it's yeah. well shot. It's got some creepy moments. It's got you wondering what the hell is going on. Like, yeah, I definitely recommend this one. Yeah, I thought it was it was a quite good film. And you know, I I think for the take it took on pandemic with the idea with this guy's blood and and you know what they want to use his blood for. I I thought it was good. It it is a 84 minute runtime. It does feel it. Like it, you do feel like you're watching this for an hour and a half. But it's a free watch on Tubi and it's yeah. available in Tubi in, in Canada and the United States. I don't, obviously it's available in Australia because Tim was able to watch it. Um, so yeah, I would say, check it out. Uh, definitely it's, it's worth your time. If you like survival horror and, and pandemic stuff, like if you're sick of all that, then don't watch it. If you're like, I don't want another pandemic movie. I don't want another survival pandemic movie. Then, then skip this one. Obviously yeah. that's not going to be for you, but if you, you know, it's a free watch. You just have to put up with some commercials here and there, and it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, and if you're a sucker like us for two B originals, like, and we're you know, obviously we're doing it because we have our awards and we are kind of interested in like seeing what two B is producing. Um, so like, but yeah, definitely give it a watch. Yeah, I would agree. Now this one, I have never fucking laughed so hard. Oh yeah, in a movie, which I don't know. I thought it was entertaining as fuck, but I'll let you go ahead and introduce it. Oh, wait, right. you, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. You and I watched it oh. pretty much around the same time. Okay, perfect. Okay. I'll say it. So the next movie is Orphan First Kill, which is a <laughs> prequel to the original Orphan. Uh, so after escaping from an Estonian psychiatric facility, Lena Klamer travels to America by America by impersonating Esther the missing daughter of a wealthy family. But when her mask starts to slip, she is put against a mother who will protect her family from the murderous child at any cost. All right, so I got to give credit to this movie because I thought it was going to take retread the same story that the first movie did. You know, little girl gets adopted, go like kind of, or little girl gets taken back to the family. She kills off the family, starts seducing the father, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. Man, was I happy to be fucking wrong. (laughs) There is a twist that happens in this that, you know, may not like totally add up if you kind of look back at some things, but at the same time, it gives a fuck. It's fun. (laughs) It made this movie so much more fun than it should have been. Like I was like, I was blown away by how fun this was. Oh yeah, man. Like this movie and I am not a big Julia Stiles fan. I notoriously do not like her. And I thought she was great. The, Matthew Finland, who was also in this movie, I thought he was fucking great too. Um, like for the roles that they played. And then the interesting, the the father was in Possessor. He oh, played really? the dad in Possessor as well. Yeah. Interesting. Um, like it was, <laughs> it was fun. Honestly, his movie was so, like it's true. You get to the twist in this and it's just a good time after that. 
Um, I really wish we could do spoilers. We won't, but maybe one day we'll cover this movie. I don't know yeah. somehow because I think we need to talk about how like it turned into like something that you were just like, oh man, this is just fucking entertaining. This is great. Like, right? You know how is this gonna end? And I, I wasn't a huge fan of the orphan, the first one. I always thought that movie was a little silly. Um, how they didn't figure it out throughout that film that. You know, spoilers for the orphan, orphan two thousand and eight. It's a, it's an adult um, portraying a little girl. Um, that's not shocking if you've seen the first orphan. You know that that's how this film starts, which I think why Scotty was alluding to. How are they going to do this? Yeah, because the audience already knows the secret, right? Like we already know what's going on. But it was, it was fucking fun. Like this was just, I don't think this is going to end up on anyone's list and maybe it will. I don't know. It's a 3.0 rating on a letterbox. And if it does good for you, but I might, I don't know. I might put this on for good time. I don't know if we have like a good time award. I would put this one on for good time. Like I, just right. I was going to say like, it may win an award for one of us could just cause you yeah. know, we have a variety of awards and this is just one of those like fun movies that like, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I might win like twist for me. Yeah, yeah, there's been there's been only one other film that came out that we talked about last week where the twist was like, what the fuck? Right. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> like that to me is still, and I can pick up twists pretty quickly. Um, and I didn't see that coming, but I didn't see this coming either. So yeah, um, I, yeah good film, good film. Um, I, it's available to rent on app on iTunes, Google, Amazon, Cineplex, and YouTube. I say if you enjoyed The First Orphan, uh, even lukewarm, you'll enjoy this. It's just, yeah. it's a fun film. It's, it's, don't take it seriously. Just go into this knowing that it's going to be like a 99 minute of like ridiculousness and like check your logic at the door and you'll be fine. Yep. hundred percent. Like this enjoy is just, it for what it is. Yeah. Just go and treat this like a popcorn horror film and just yeah. have fun with it. Right. Oh man. That's this one shit. I did not see. So I'm curious. Oh, thank fucking God. You didn't. I'm don't. Okay. So Roku came out with a film. This is their first release. It is called Hunting Ava Bravo. It's a 90 minute, 90 minutes of torture. <laughs> Millionaire sportsman, Buddy King. Like even listen to that name. Buddy, Buddy King. King. Unwinds wow. by hunting human captives on his remote mountain estate. But his latest victim, Ava Bravo, is no easy target. Okay, you never really find out why Ava's no easy target. All right. Or what the reason is. It is the most boring, drawn out movie I've watched in a long time. Um... I, I'll give them credit for trying to do a survival film, but this film should have moved along a lot quicker than it did. It was it was dry. Um, it was, you know, and I expect more from Roku. You know, you got money. Like what, like you're, if you're putting out something, it should be looking good. So it's only available on Roku. Um, I, I, don't, I don't, even if you like survival films, I would say this isn't that great. It has a 2.4 rating on Letterboxd. So maybe it's just me, but I personally didn't enjoy it that much unless you're a survival film completist and like me, you want to see what Roku can put out, then watch it. But if not, I would skip over this bad boy. Good to know. Cause I almost clicked on it a couple of oh, times. No. <laughs> Don't do it, Scott. No, <laughs> I will not now. No, there's trouble down that road. Don't go down that road. A lot of thought I was staring down that road. <laughs> yeah. A lot of shitty movies down that road. <laughs> right. Did you see this one? Yes, because you ended up recommending oh, me and told me to watch it. Fucking well-acted fucking film right here. Uh, yes, do you want me to jump into it? Yeah, please, please. All right, so the next film is Hypochondriac. A young potter's life devolves into chaos as he loses function of his body while being haunted by the physical manifestation of his childhood trauma. 
Yeah, so you had recommended this one to me because you really, 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 really liked this. It seemed like and told me I should check it out because it's one where the cover I was not uh, the cover didn't sell me on it. So I was just kind of skipping over every single time I seen it. And I'm glad you recommended it. I don't know if I like it nearly as much as you do, but like, uh, but yeah, I uh, I cannot deny the acting in this is incredible. The uh, themes behind this are very heavy and like, you definitely feel for the main character, what he's going through and what he's struggling with and like the trauma and then like the, well, what he's dealing with mentally as well. we should say, yeah, yeah. I thought the acting in this was fucking out of this world. I thought the main character, um, Sack Villa, who plays Will, portrayed the problem with being mentally ill and the getting treatment. This movie reminded me a lot of False Positive that explore, explored the challenges with fertility for women. I think this movie explored the different type of medical professionals you come across mm-hmm. when looking for assistance. Um, choices in parenting, the true version, like when someone's not treated for schizophrenia, how they could behave. Um, yeah, you know, the, the horror in this is very much a slow burn and there's no major playoff or or payoff here. You really have to like an, some mental illness being explored and it's told from an LGBTQ perspective, but that's not really the main focus. Like Will is gay, but I don't, I would argue that's not the main focus of this film. No, it's Um, it's not like, you know, like how some people would complain that it's too in your face. This is not in your face. No, it's just like, as he's gay and he has a boyfriend, like it would be no different. You could swap in a girlfriend and the interactions would have been. Yeah, the exact same. Right. Like it's, it's, it was very well done in that sense. I really appreciated that they, you know, had an LGBTQ perspective in the sense that they showed two men who were in love with each other, but it wasn't. You know, that wasn't the focus of what was going on with Will. And it didn't change how other people treated him, though his boss does make a very fucking inappropriate comment to him. Yeah. Um, She was actually a really good actress, too, because she was a real piece of shit. Oh, Um, she was like one of those hoity tidy rich ladies. Yeah, she was. That was all about herself. Yeah. So I like this more than Scott, which is weird. I really thought Scott was going to like this a lot. Um, Well, I mean, I still like it a lot. Oh, do you? I think think it'll just be higher on your list. Mm, Yeah, it could be in my top 10. Because, yeah, Um, like I I, like the exploration of mental health in this was really well done. Once again, covering a mental illness like this. uh, The only other movie I can compare it to with that is uh, Heavy Rain. Yes. Or uh, Fear of Rain. Fear of Rain. Rain. I know what you're talking about, though. Fear of Rain was the other one that was accurate. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And like, once again, you know, because we've always like talked about how we hate how Horror films always portray mental illness, pe- people with mental illness as the villains. Oh, you didn't take your medication. Now you're going to kill someone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's like, no, mm-hmm. that's not anything like this. This is like a real hard look at like mental illness and what these people struggle with. And his mother is is excellent. The father's excellent too. Like, yeah, even like the everything. side characters are good. Yeah, like, all the acting just... is great in this. Yeah, it's it's a very, very good film. Anyway, it's available on iTunes, Google Play, Cineplex, YouTube, and Microsoft Office. Um, Microsoft if you Office? oh sorry, Microsoft Store. I was gonna say like wait, on Word and Excel. Sweet. <laughs> Watch it as a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> um, but what was I gonna say? If you got it, I would say to you, if you do like your mental illness mixed in with your movies. You know, even though I don't like The Lodge or St. Maude as much, if you like those kind of films, you'll probably enjoy this. It's just a different perspective on it. Yes. Um, and a probably more realistic perspective on it. You know, I've asked another 
um, person that both Scott and I know that struggles with mental illness to watch it because I, I wanted to get their perspective on if that's been their experience with trying to get support. Makes um, sense, yeah. Right. So, and they're going to and, and let us know. So, you know, I, I thought it was a really well done film. And the acting to me, honestly, is what did it. Will's, um, this gentleman's name, I got to go back to it again. I don't want to, oh no, there it is. Sack Villa. I hope to see more from him. I thought he was yeah, quite he a good was, actor. He was amazing. Right. So let's hope that he does more in the next coming years. Now, did you see this one? No, because this is the one I think where we both had a movie that you oh, wanted, yeah. you were going to watch this and tell me about it. And I was going to watch the other one and tell you about it. Uh, before you jump into this one, I'll tell you, I started watching Squeal, turn it off halfway through. I just nah, don't even waste your time. Yeah. So this kind of almost happened with this one here. Um, oh, boy. It, it's not a horrible film. It's just it's a it's a film festival film. So it's an 89 minute runtime. It's called When I Consume You, a sister and a brother seek revenge against an evil force that has haunted them since childhood. Um, it's filmed a lot at night. So it's very, very dark. The concept is very, very dark. Um, the characters are very, very dark. All around, this is a very, very dark film. It is a well-acted film. It is a very interesting plot that is that is incorporated into it. And you know what it reminds me of? Do you remember the one last year that came out with the family in the caravan and those people find them and finds out the teacher was involved in some shady shit? Oh, uh, something about the um, something in the dark. Going home in the dark. Yeah. Going home alone in the dark, dark or something like that. Yeah. It's very similar theme, like not theme, but it's very similar to that in the sense of its pacing and it's filming and stuff like that. So I would say if you liked going home alone in the dark and you enjoy a lot of film festival films that are maybe, maybe darker, um, almost like found footage, but not found footage, how it's filmed. You know, when they, they do that thing with found footage movie or like you're watching a movie and it's like showing from the character's perspective all the time, like them walking oh, yeah. and talking and it's very like raw filmed. It's like a step above found footage yeah because you know that you're watching like a movie and where found footage is like oh, our documentary right like how it's just different like it's when they're not talking to the camera they're talking to each other but the camera is just there almost like spying on them yes yeah that's how it's filmed okay so if that's what you like this movie will be for you so it's available on itunes google voodoo microsoft store and youtube um i would say if you like that then it's worth whatever rental but it is it, it feels it feels the 89 minutes. Like you're like in it for the long haul. So you got to really like this. I don't really know if it's going to be your thing, Scotty. Why I didn't recommend it to you. Okay. Um, I think if we were, if this was pandemic days and you and I had nothing else to fucking do, but sit around and watch movies, I'd be like, yeah, Scotty, check it out. Right. But for something that I think might not even win an award for you, I'm like, ah, not worth your fucking time. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? No, it makes sense to me. Right. So, and now have you seen the next one? Oh yeah, the next one is the one I told oh, yeah, you about. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. Our our good friend Xander Kane had brought this one up, ask uh, talking about he was excited to watch this because apparently uh, cops had gotten called during the filmmaking because someone thought it was real with what was going on, and so in the trailer made him very interested in it. He didn't know it was actually released yet, and I had stumbled across it on Tubi and told him about it. And he's like, "Oh shit, okay, I'll watch it." And then I told you about it after I watched it. But uh, this movie is called The Andy Baker Tape. Uh, as far as I know, it is, uh, yeah, I'll get to where it's uh, found. But in October of 2020, food blogger Jeff Blake and his half-brother Andy Baker hit the road, 
hit the road on a food tour that had the potential to change their lives. They were never seen again. This is their footage. This is definitely a uh, found footage. Like I'd say it's uh, yeah, it's like your typical found footage style. Like it has a little bit of the like faux documentary, faux mm-hmm. uh, social media aspect to it. Because mm-hmm. he is a blogger, so he's constantly doing these YouTube videos. But uh, yeah, he, the main character finds out that he had a half brother out there, so he goes and meets his half brother, and like they have a day together, just hanging out. And you you notice that like things seem a little strange with Andy, and like you're not too sure what's going on. But then as the movie plays out, like you know things kind of happen, and it's very short. I think it was what seventy minutes, and like super easy watch. Yeah, man. Uh, I would say, like, I wish there was a little more horror to happen because there really wasn't anything to, like, what, the last five minutes? Yeah, the last, like, tail end of the third act. Though there is stuff that, in the interactions that occur, that is creepy. Yes. Like, there's certain things that happen throughout this movie where you're like, mm, that doesn't seem right. You know, dude, like, but there's there's two characters in it. There's Brett and there's, oh, sorry, there's Jeff and there's Andy. And there's certain things that... Andy does where you're like Brett you know or sorry Jeff you know like maybe maybe you should leave you should leave the only thing that's really funny and this isn't really a spoiler there's a part in the movie because they're at a restaurant or outside a restaurant and you hear these people yell to them and they're like are you guys making a, a movie or and they're like oh yeah we're making a documentary and they pause it and I think they went to tell the people they were making a horror movie and they came back right I, I, I think, think that was, was real like I yeah. think some people actually did yell at them because they're smiling like uh <laughs> what do we say right I will say like it felt like everything about this like felt like it was real world and I can and I suspect that I know when the cops got called um that scene was really clever like it was really clever how they set up the filming this I think this is a really solid found footage film that came out this year I think these guys did a really fucking good job yeah because I think I gave it like a 7.5 out of 10 or whatever like it's not like it's definitely like I wouldn't say it's the best found footage. May, might be one of the better ones this year, but like, that's I, what I'm thinking. Like if we did a found footage award, with I can't remember if we do or not, but I think we should this year because there's yeah. been a lot of found footages. This to me would be a, a strong runner up. Um, yeah, or this was like because the, the acting in it is really well done. Yeah, like everything about it is really well done. It just didn't, like you said, there were some small creepy moments here and there, but it just didn't feel yeah. like a true horror found footage. Yeah, like I wish they. I wish they would have probably like added on maybe another 10 more minutes. I agree where infrared just went off the rails, had such good potential from the beginning that went really stupid. I feel like this picked up at the end. Yeah, I think it did the opposite though. I do think there were scenes in it, like the scene where the cops were called. I did find that disturbing. Yes. Like it's a different kind of creepy. It's almost like they're trying to do the Blair Witch, like when subtle things start going wrong in the woods, creepy. But they, yeah. you know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, it's on it's on Tubi, as Scott said. So it's great for a free watch there. It's also available on iTunes, Google, YouTube, and Microsoft Store. Like, I don't know, watch it on Tubi, man. Like, obviously, Tubi got the rights to it and paid them. So Yeah, because like, uh, I couldn't find this anywhere else besides Tubi at first when I was looking for it. Yeah, like I, I saw it on Tubi. And that's where, you, well, you recommended it to Tubi. So that's where I went to watch it from. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was going to say, and Xander, if you haven't watched it yet, please watch it because I do want to hear your thoughts on it. Like, I... <laughs> Because I think you will, I think you'll be somewhere between where Heather and I are. Like, I think you'll like about as much as us. I think I liked it a little bit more than you, Scott. I, and I think I just thought it was a really good found footage effort. I really thought Yeah, I was going to say, was... it's, it's one that I've thought about longer. So I like it because like, it's one where, you know, like, this is how I look at a lot of the movies that I watch. Like, if I watch mm-hmm. them and they fade from memory, 
my score will eventually change my score to represent that, like dropping it down a little bit. Where other ones where when I watch them in the movies stick with me a week yeah. or two later and it's still in my head and I can still remember everything about it. I might raise it up a little bit point wise because like, yeah, like if a movie can do that, like it means it's less left an impression on me one way or another. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Or it's just so shitty that we get mad and we want to talk about how dumb it is. That right. happens sometimes too. But yes, no, I agree with what you're saying a hundred percent. But yeah, check it out on TV, guys. Like it's a, you know, out of what we talked about so far, I would, I think if you like found footage, this is worth your time, you know, yes. to at least examine it and see what you think. Um, the next one, have you seen this one? Nope, this is one that uh, I think yeah, one, two, you got three on three more on here that I have not seen yet. So. Oh, okay, okay. So this movie is called Crawl Space. It is a twenty. Oh, it's obviously a twenty twenty two film. It's ninety minutes in length. After witnessing a brutal murder in a cabin, a man hides in the crawl space while the killers scorn. I don't even know what this is. It's a property for a hidden fortune. As they draw near, he must decide if the crawl space will be his tomb or the battleground for his fight for survival. This is basically a Hallmark movie that has <laughs> horror in it. Oh, so, boy. Um, I will say this. I think Sander King, who is from Cemetery Gates podcast and a very good friend of Scott and I's, well, of Scott, because I oh. think he doesn't, doesn't like what I say to him sometimes about <laughs> opera. Um, oh, he loves you and you know it, Heather. The hills are alive, the sound of music. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know what? The directing in this is really good. Sander knows the director, has interviewed the director, and I want to just say that the directing in this was good. The acting isn't horrible either. The actors are are playing the parts they're supposed to play. The problem was the writing. The writing in this movie was very juvenile and kind of was a little cheesy. So basically, I'm going to give a synopsis because I don't think the synopsis really talked about it. There's a guy, he's a septic system plumber. Him and his wife, like he's a very generous guy. Um, she's like, you need to be meaner to people and get bills paid. He goes out to this rich guy's house who he's working on the septic tank. Turns out this rich guy is involved in some illegal shit. And <laughs> these gangsters or mobsters show up at the house and kill him. And he witnesses it through the, through the crawl space. Hmm. And now he's in the crawl space with the money. Cause that's where the guy hid the money. And, and anyway, um it's very cheesy like it's it's this is a really cheesy film there's a twist in it that you know if you just watched hallmark movies you could have seen this twist coming it was so ridiculous but i will say as a directing film it was well directed and harry thomas henry thomas is in it i don't know if you know he's from dr sleep gangs in new york the haunting gerald's game ouija like he's had fire in the sky oh wow like yeah, like he's he's had a lot of acting credits to his name, so he was he was fine, but he couldn't even save this movie because the writing was so poor. So I don't really recommend it unless maybe like you have a partner who who likes like kind of action movies with like a little Hallmark, like a Hallmark action film sounds like something they would like. Then, yes, you could probably sit through this movie with them. It would be entertaining enough for 90 minutes. It's available on YouTube, Voodoo, Flick Fling, Microsoft Store and YouTube. And unless you really have someone in your life that, you know, likes some safe, like soft core horror, then I would recommend it. If not, I would say this is a skip. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess we'll jump into the next one. This is the surprise a, of the year. Yeah, this is Let's another real here. Another to be original here, and this yeah. one is probably the best to be original. Yeah, yeah, um, it's good. 
And I like the title of it, Requiem for a Scream. Yeah. The synopsis on Letterboxes, lame as shit, but I'll read it anyways. Artemis plans a party without permission at her parents' lake house, which is normally vacant vacant for the winter. The end. <laughs> that's 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 the... I guess less said, the less I don't know. It's Wait, a shame. This, is... this movie's good. Yeah, I'll say this is a sl- this is a slasher film, people. Just let you know. Yeah, this um, is slasher. Yeah. Yep. People, these uh, college students get together and are like having a like party in this lake house. Uh, not even a party, but a more of a supposed to be like uh, yeah, they're like of, hanging out kind of thing, yeah, a kind of a reunion because uh, yeah. like an uh, anniversary of this main character's sister passing, and they were going to spread mm-hmm. the ashes out there. And uh, but then yeah, there is a masked killer that like starts stalking them and like starts picking them off one by one, and uh, like he has some pretty vicious, violent kills that are some are shown on screen and everything. Like this is this was a legit good slasher. I uh, like I had your typical like slasher style like college drama between the main characters and yeah, like it flowed really well super easy to watch really well shot beautiful locations uh the acting all worked really well for me i wouldn't say it was like the greatest acting but like it all worked and but yeah i had a blast with this this was like a legit good slasher probably one of the better slashes i've seen this year i would agree with you scott i thought for a to be original not even for that the good twist um good good ending good kills yeah graphic enough you know the acting and the characters i don't know i hate when people are like yeah i don't like millennial it's gen z characters they're annoying these characters were fine they were who they were supposed to be yeah you know and they were they were fine this was you're, you're right this was so far i think you know apologies to those who like scream five i enjoyed this as a slasher more than i enjoyed scream five yep same I don't and... remember if there's any other slashers that have come out this year. Obviously, we've seen a lot, so I'm trying, like, but right off the top of my head, I would say this is definitely one of the better ones. Well, I'm doing a quick scan here. I guess you could, would you consider Unhuman a slasher? Not really. That was more no. of a zombie invasion. Um, first person shooter, I guess you could consider that a. I'd slasher? consider that more stalker. Stalker. Yeah, um, I mean, he wasn't like uh, racking up a huge body count, like. Oh, Texas style. Chainsaw Massacre, the okay, re- yep. the reimagining one that was pretty good too. Yeah. I actually like that and this. I would yes. probably put Texas Chainsaw Massacre above because of that school bus scene, but this was just underneath it and honestly better than scream five like scream <laughs> five is fine you like scream five i'm not shitting on you enjoy scream five i like scream two but like it, it slasher wise this was way more fucking entertaining <laughs> yes 100 so, percent, and less predictable yeah like i didn't actually know who was gonna die when right exactly. like scream five i was like oh here we are he's gonna die oh here we are she's gonna die yep and none of it was <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you. And it's free on Tubi, people. Free on Tubi. Yeah, and Tubi's been putting out a lot of content. You know, most of oh, it's, it's been, been like... putting out. <laughs> yeah, but the, most of it's been like either, you know, mediocre, like been bad to mediocre, but to yeah. good too. There's been, like, I will give this uh, to Tubi. Like, there hasn't been anything that's been boring to watch. No, I found that all of their their movies have been entertaining enough. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that's, you know, and, and the reason this has replaced our uncorked awards, uh, because I don't think we've seen a lot of uncorked stuff come out this I, year. I don't think I've seen a single uncorked film this year. Right. So we're doing to be instead, if for some reason uncork all starts, you know, starts dropping some films, then 
we'll try to watch those as well and go back to Uncorked because Uncorked also as a distribution company gives people a chance who may not get a chance with other distributors and which is why Scott and I acknowledge them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. TV's been pretty entertaining and it's free watches. So like, even if you don't have any other streaming service, these are ones that you can watch. Right. And I mean, and it makes sense for us to add the Tubi to, uh, now that they're putting out content, adding it right. to our awards, just cause it is another streaming service that is doing originals kind of like mm-hmm. Netflix shutter and all that. So like, why wouldn't we watch these and like have an award for them at the end? And people like our awards. You get a lot of feedback about like, how much people like the awards. I know. I, I'm kind of shocked by it because I, I know we just have fun with it. And it's just fun to create that list. But yeah, I, I love the fact that people actually enjoy that. You know what I think it is, though? And it's also like we get a lot of feedback that this section is people's favorite section. We go over these 2022s. Right. And I think it's because we just bring different things to the table. We're not watching only theatrical releases or the popular shit on Netflix. Like, get away if you can. People probably never even fucking heard of that. <laughs> right. Like, neighbor Bravo, right? And like, yeah, you know, those are two ones that were like, skip. But, you know, we also, we, we Orphan First Kill. Yes, that's a wide, you know, wide, well-known release. There's a couple others here that we'll talk about that yeah, have like, been well-known. <clears throat> that we'll get yeah, to like that. Like the Andy Baker tape for one. Yeah, exactly, right? Like there's other ones where it's like, hey, you know what? Hypochondriac's a really fucking good movie. And I think you'll be at miss if you, if you like ABCD and you don't see this. So I think our award show also allows us to acknowledge other films that have come out that year mm-hmm. that maybe aren't going to end up on people's top tens, but why we like them. Right, you know, exactly. There's like a really good kill in it, or there's a really great protagonist, or, you know, what we thought the best was that Shutter had to release. You know, I, I don't know. I think it's it's something that just gives people options. We're not talking about the same shit all over and over again. Exactly. And I mean, you know, that is the one thing about top tens. Like, obviously, we do our top ten at the end of the award yeah. ceremony. But like, uh, you know, everybody, you know, majority of people have like a different style of top 10, but there are still a lot of like reoccurring films in those top 10s where. Oh, yeah. It's like, so you hear enough of them, you're going to be hearing about the same films over and over again after a while. Like, that's why we like to do these awards, because it's like it just, you know, we give a variety of like options of things to cover. And unless you're Mark Nato, then your then your list is not going to be any different than anyone else's. I'll say Mark Nato and Venom. And Venom. And I would say us. I think that Scott and I um, and Brand Norlick from other years have watched over 200 films. Yeah. And we do bring up films that other people haven't seen. We do. Um, even in our top 10, there's stuff that we'll acknowledge that we really cared for that other people may not have seen. So anyway, now that I'm done like jerking off and how great we are, um, I'll move on to what a movie that you should skip over. It's hmm. called Maneater. I actually, Scotty, I was thinking I want to do a shark movie award this year too. Oh, so you're going to make me watch a bunch of these shark movies, are you? Oh, fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> well, that means I, I have can tell to... you right now, you could skip Maneater, but there's other ones you should watch. Like the, uh, um, what was that Australian one that came out? Shit. Reef 2? Yeah, the Reef 2. I already watched that. And the Ski-Doo one, where the kids go out on the Ski-Doo? Yeah, that was the Reef uh, unst- no, no. Uh, Reef Stocked or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah, no, 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 no. There was a oh, one no, that was uh, that Shark, shark Bait. Yeah. I watched yeah. that one too. Yeah, honestly, that's there you go. And... Oh, and I was going to say, I mean, and, and, you know, since we're still doing the 2B originals, and if you want to add a shark category, we might as well watch the shark side of the moon that 2B released. <laughs> hey, we should. We'll watch that shit, too. Why not, right? Maneater, though, I can assure you, Scotty, you can skip over. Watch so, out, boys. She'll chew you up. <laughs> that's my song. Um, <laughs> don't skip over me, though. So Maneater <laughs> is an... <laughs> It's an 86 runtime. The the promo is 200 teeth, zero chance. A group of friends on vacation <laughs> in a seemingly island. 
in a seemingly island paradise are stalked by an unrelenting great white shark after an accident leaves them stranded and left for dead. This movie takes every stereotype about sharks and fucking exploits it. I hope we don't have shark hunting after this film, but it has oh, a 1.8 rating on Letterbox, so probably not. Tracy Atkins <laughs> is in this, the country singer. Oh, God. And he plays like a southern fucking like hillbilly Watts, Watts like... <laughs> revenge for his daughter and it's so dumb the special effects are horrible the cgi is horrible the acting's horrible the movie's dumb as fuck don't waste your time with this shark film i would rather go back and watch the elisa silverstone film Oof. that came out this year than this one this is so far or whatever yeah this is so far i don't even know what's worse that other film i watched that was like about sharks that was horrible that one uh, about the park that was a uh, mandarin film that was the marina underwater. I don't oh, know if that yeah. one or this one was worse. Oh, That's boy. how bad Maneater is. So unless you are a shark completist, you watch all shark movies, I really suggest skipping over this one because this is just fucking dreadful. When you got stuff like The Reef 2 got stalked, which is a much better shark film, much better, I recommend something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> shark Fate was even better. That was even more enjoyable. Like this was just garbage. Hot. I- fucking garbage now i need you to watch ouija shark and tell me if that is better than (laughs) i don't know man i don't know maybe it is because this is fucking dreadful but for some reason if i remember correctly ouija shark only had a budget of like ten thousand dollars less than ten thousand (laughs) dollars i don't know what this budget was but they sure didn't i don't know it must have gone to like trachea atkinson's whiskey that he needed to do this fucking film anyway uh, it's available on iTunes, Google, Amazon, YouTube, Microsoft Store. I don't think it's worth it unless you are a shark, a shark movie completist. If not, skip over this bad boy. It's not worth your time. Good to know. Now, you haven't seen this one, have you? Nope. You recommended I check it out. I just have not had a chance yet. So this movie had a very short theatrical run. So maybe some people have seen it in the theater. Uh, maybe they haven't. But the movie is called Fall. And it's a 107-minute runtime uh, it, the tagline is fear reaches new heights for best friends Becky and Hunter life is all about conquering fear and pushing the limits well not really um, but after they climb the 2000 feet to the top of the remote abandoned radio tower they find themselves stranded with no way down which is obvious if you've seen the trailer this is this is what happens and the uh, the the towers right on the front cover of the of the of the movie they're not making any bones what this is about now Becky, and Hunt, now Becky and Hunter's expert climbing skills will be put to the ultimate test as they desperately fight as they desperately fight to survive the elements, lack of supplies, and vertigo-inducing heights. Um, so I, I saw a little promo for this. They filmed this actually out on a desert on a hundred-foot pole. Oh wow! So it wasn't filmed in a studio. They actually filmed it in the desert, and then they obviously heightened it with camera tricks and stuff like that later on. The two young ladies that are in this film. It is primarily them. So it is Grace Caroline, Grace Caroline Curry, no relation to Tim Curry because Tim Curry didn't have any kids. And Virginia Gardner, who is also from Halloween, the original, like 2018 Halloween. I think she plays the babysitter that gets killed. Um, Yeah. And then uh, Grace Carolina was in Annabelle, Shazam, Badlands. And that's probably it for what people will know her as uh good acting from these two ladies uh you know it's a typical survival film they they climb up this tower you know what's going to happen but there's a twist that happens midway through this movie 
And I thought it was actually really well done because I, uh, I didn't catch it. I actually fast forward, I rewound the, the movie and went back to where the twist occurred and was like, and it really didn't give much away. Hmm. Like, you know, it is a basic bitch movie in the sense that it's two young women go out to this tower, they climb it, they're stuck on top of it. But as a survival film, I think it's the best survival film we've had released this year. And for a very simple plot, it was entertaining enough. Yeah, I was saying, from what I've heard, uh, if like you have a fear of heights, this will get to you a little more. It will. It will, for sure. Um, but you would probably never put yourself in that situation. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think if you had a true fear of heights, you wouldn't do what these ladies do. Um, the beginning, it starts off like every fucking stereotypical climbing movie at the beginning. There's some other like personality plot twists that come into it, but there's another plot twist that I thought was really clever. And the acting between the two young ladies is <coughs> I thought they did a really good job and I recommend it. I It's available for Cineplex for rent right now. Uh, I, I think it's worth a rental. I think if you like survival films this is worth your time nice yeah this is one i definitely will check out i was yeah to... i watch it for the end of this year scott i think you may find it like interesting at least right yeah it's like because i want to i wanted to see it in theater but it didn't last long in my theater mm. unfortunately it had a very limited theatrical release and i get why like it, to be honest with you it's it's not a movie that i could see you know droves of people going to go see but right it's entertaining enough it really truly is and in terms of survival films eh, it's the best one i've seen so far this year i've seen 115 films so um nice. it's it's definitely the best one so hell yeah well i guess this is the last one of our 2022s and we are capping it off with a good one at least in my eyes i am very oh yeah to hear what heather thinks um but this was a Shutter exclusive that came out this last Thursday called Who Invited Them? Adam and Margot's housewarming party is a success. However, one mysterious couple linger long after the, all the other guests have left. The couple reveals themselves to be Tom and Sasha, wealthy neighbors. But as single nightcap leads to another, they start to suspect that these two, that these new friends are actually duplicitous strangers. And wow. Okay. So I got it. I went into this movie going, okay, this seems like it'd just be kind of fun and silly, like mm -hmm. home invasion or whatever. Holy fuck. I got to say the acting in this from everybody Excellent. was amazing. Like, uh, I don't feel as bad for the protagonists in this, like, cause they kind of like are kind of assholes themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They but are. holy shit. The two strangers that show up and like stay at their house. This movie gave me funny games vibes with the way these mm -hmm. two acted. They, they reveled in being doing, making people do things that are just like really uncomfortable and they find them to be like games to them. This movie was a mix to me of how I felt about Would You Rather and Funny Games. Yes. Actually, that's a good combination. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's very much starts off one way and then it gets progressively like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Like you get more disturbed as it goes. Yeah. Like I'm just like, I'm, I was watching this at work and I was getting uncomfortable as shit yeah. watching it yeah. at work. I'm like, oh man, like the stuff that they're doing here, like, holy shit, this is awkward and uncomfortable. Very much so. And it's an 81 minute runtime and it doesn't overstay its welcome. And the ending leaves you like, that's how you're going to end it, huh? Yeah. Like I, the, the, I was the only downside for me was the very, very like last, what, two minutes of the ending. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get into what it is, but like, it, I was just sitting there going, that's kind of weird. 
That's like, yeah. I gave this a nine out of 10 or a four and a half out of five. Um, It would have been high. Like I probably would have given it a 9.5, maybe even a 10 if that ending was changed or added onto a little more. Cause just left me going, that's kind of weird. But it, it reminds me of an of another ending that I'll tell you when we take our break. Okay. Of a 2008 movie that we've covered before on this show that had a sequel. Okay. But yeah, so, like I I really fucking love this. Like the like all like I said the acting all around was really good. It was well shot. Yeah. It left me very uncomfortable. Um yep. the twist was I seen a mile a mile away. Yeah, you know what? I didn't I didn't put that like I eventually did, but I think you put it together quicker than I did. Yeah, because I, I pretty much called yeah. it when uh when he started talking about the story of the house to yes. the guy. Yes, yes. I yes. put it together there before like the reveal happened. I was like, ah, yep, I know what's going on here. Um yeah. but yeah, like wow. So I actually caught a twist that you didn't. Yeah, and this is actually a ten out of ten for me. I uh, oh, shit, I liked really? I liked the ending. I thought the ending reminded me of another film that ended very abruptly, we'll say. And I thought it was good. I thought it left you wondering. You know, like you have a film like Infrared that ends in a way that makes you wonder, but not in a good way. Like right. you're like, ah, uh, this. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really felt like the acting and the plot and perfect runtime. Yeah, like this is a 10 out of 10. This this will probably be in my top 10. Fuck yeah. Like yeah, that. it probably will be for sure. Oh, it, it may win, it will may it may win Shutter of the like film of the year on Shutter. Um yeah, like right now that'd be tied for me with Glorious in this. Oh man, that's true. Glorious is fuck, mwah, Chef's Kiss. See, so um, I'm I'm happy. Two movies I've recommended to you now are like super high on your list. That is awesome. Yeah, there's you know what? And it's I I think what will probably happen this year with the top 10 is there will be films on there that I will absolutely love. Like a film I still absolutely love that I know not lots of people love to shut in. Fact, oh yeah, from, that was great. I thought that was a fucking phenomenal film. And you know, it will be really, it will be No Exit that came out earlier this year. Another fucking excellent film. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting to see as we get to the end of the year, especially now that we're in September, we're getting through to, you know, October soon, November, December, Scott and I will start really looking back on this year. And I think it will be really interesting the mix we'll have. Yeah. You know, another movie that I've heard a lot of people praise is All the Moons. Oh. Oh, that was like an earlier Shutter one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was I an earlier watch Shutter. That one. I need um, to watch I think, it. So. I think you should watch it. I it it won't be up there for me, but it's up there for a lot of people. Okay, because yeah, there are because uh, there were uh, like a lot of those films that I missed because I was busier with work and personal life back then, so I skipped over them. Yeah. And they're ones I need to go back and rewatch or go yeah. back and watch still. Yeah. Yeah, like, and as much as I did enjoy X, I don't think X would be in my top 10. Oh, it's definitely going to be my It would be in my top 20, but I don't think for me personally, it would be in my top 10. Doesn't mean it's not a good film. Obviously, it's a fucking awesome film. I just don't know. We'll see. Yep. Well, and then we'll also get the uh, prequel Pearl coming out before the end of this year, too. So we'll have the sequel, like both. That's going to be crazy. A movie and its sequel in the same year. Right. Well, and I saw Nope, and uh, Nope's a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, I'm probably the highest ranking person who... That's my number one right now. Um, yep. uh, you and John Rhodes. I know John Rhodes absolutely right? loved it too. So like, you know, everyone's different, right? In their taste or whatnot. So, but those are some, and obviously you can find this on Shutter. It's available on all the Shutters, AMC Shutter, you know, regular Shutter, Amazon Shutter. It's a Shutter, I think, exclusive, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, so. and I also wanted to say, uh, I recommended this to Liz. She watched it last night. Absolutely loved it as well. Awesome. I'm super glad to hear that. Um, 
good for you liz watching more 2022s too yeah she just she just uh waits for my recommendations which you know some people may not uh appreciate my recommendations but i know she like i usually don't steer her wrong because i know her taste in movies yeah if you know someone's taste in movies generally speaking you can figure out whether they will at least enjoy it right um you know than than hated or whatever the case may be so yeah that is so that's our 2022s for that we watched recently actually pretty long list there hopefully we've given you some cool stuff to watch on tubies uh not a bad theatrical watch watch that's coming gone if you like survival and some good stuff on shutter um Mm -hmm. and some not bad ones that are you know on demand like hypochondriac if you like that kind of thing and (laughs) orphan first kill was just fun like that was just a fucking fun movie what's that on in the states is it for rent only or was it on hulu Uh, i think it was uh for rent only for rent only yeah it's not it's not a bad not a bad film um so for older films i just have the one on here did you have one uh the only older watch i had is in the what's new segment oh okay perfect so i watched the found footage movie called into the forest it's i was curious about this yeah it's a 67 minute runtime i just saw it on tubi it came up into the that's forest. where i've seen it too <laughs> yeah right so into the forest follows three paranormal youtube paranormal youtubers on what should have been a simple documentary in the woods that t- quickly becomes a journey into heart-stopping horror so this movie's about a witch that lives in the woods and you know typical like don't go into the woods it's i've seen a lot of forest go into the woods found footage films this one was done right um nice. very i'm sad we missed it in 2019 um who knows? I probably, I, I may have given it a found footage award that year. I think this is a definitely a hidden gem in found footage. I thought the acting was good. Nice. I thought the filming was good. I thought the characters were good. Yeah, it gets a little chaotic at the end. But overall, if you like found footage, I would recommend this. And it's available to watch on Tubi as well as Plex. So check it out. It's a free watch. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I will definitely watch this one. Because yeah, like I said, like it popped up on Tubi for me as well. And I was like, well, this is another found footage film. I may have to check this out at some point. Right, right. Yeah, it was. it's it's a fun little one. You may like it, Scotty. Nice. Um, do you want me to do my, my yeah, first? Yeah, go first. Might as well. All right. So, well, because I, I guess because it t- kind of ties into the older watches as well. Right, um, right. So yeah, we'll jump into the What's New segment. And for me, what I ended up doing was uh i know a bunch of other fellow horror podcasters also did this but i had no idea that jaws was playing in theaters near me uh i'm not i can't remember if there was like a special anniversary reason why it was coming out or whatnot but uh apparently it was playing in real 3d and imax um but i got up that morning and i knew it was a three dollar movie day like i guess it's a new national thing every year we're gonna start seeing this so I was like, oh, I'm going to scroll and see what, you know, what movie I want to watch. So I was looking at The Invitation, Beast, uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So I was looking at those three and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll see what the showtimes are. And as I kept scrolling, all of a sudden I seen Jaws. I'm going, no fucking way. All right. So I said, screw it. I'm going to go to this. I ended up going to my theater. and uh, Yeah, I was like, I'm, they're not going to charge $3 for this. This is a special, like special showing and you know it's going to be an imax there's no way it's gonna be just three bucks sure as shit it was three dollars in imax with three dollar any size popcorn so of course i got jumbo size american size popcorn <laughs> got me a large drink sat in theater and man was this a great experience to see on the big screen in imax like it just looked beautiful and it had a good crowd probably about 35 people were in the theater with me and like everyone was just like cheering or reacting and jumping at the right moments. Uh, Love it. Unfortunately, there was someone that brought their child to the movie that the child was scream crying for about good five to 10 minutes straight without them taking them out of the theater. 
which annoyed the piss out of me. But they eventually did take the child out of the theater to quiet them down and then came back in later and they're behaved. But all right, people, if you have a child that is that young that may scream or cry or whatever, do not just let them cry it out in the movie where people have paid good money. If you're going to do that, then you need to pick up your child and walk out of the theater to be respectful of others that are in the theater with you. Like, Scobby's trying to join his, enjoy his ridiculously large-sized popcorn and soda. Right. Peace. Exactly. Like, you know, I mean, and watch yeah. some sharky go chompy, chompy, chompy. Right. Yeah. And, you know, at the same time, like, you know, obviously, yes, we've all seen this movie a shit ton of times. But still, that doesn't mean... You can no. just let their child scream. I agree. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox there. But yes, that is my... No, you right, Scotty. You right. <laughs> but uh, no, like this was a great experience besides that little incident. Like the crowd was awesome. Everybody was having a great time. I was talking to this like older couple that was going because they were all excited to see Jaws on the big screen because they'd seen it in theaters when it first came out. And so we were talking about it and stuff like that before we got into the theater. So yeah, it was really... yeah just a really fun experience that's awesome it sounds like a really good time i uh, i fortunately did not make it to the movie theater yesterday for three dollars cinema day um sad face but uh i will go to the theater again sometime soon but i don't i don't know if we had jaws up here in 3d i think we might have yeah, i'm um, kind of curious to see if you guys did because i guess it was probably playing, did i'll say i guess it's playing today as well because uh eric webster from the dark discussions podcast is going to see it today in uh in michigan oh nice Awesome. Um, well, I went on something else. I went on something called a dark trolley tour. So as I mentioned before, I had booked a ghost tour for Scott and I when he comes up and there was one uh, that was that was going to take place on the Hamilton Harbor front. So it's a trolley that drives along the harbor front um, all the way, which is, you know, attached to the Great Lakes. So this is attached to Lake Ontario. And I, uh, I took George and George and I went and it was an hour and a half tour and man, was it interesting. Uh, so we learned all about the rum runners and obviously issues mm. of that kind of happening during prohibition and, you know, the stories of the great lake monsters and boats that have gone missing at sea and all that other kind of stuff. And then war of the 1812 with the Americans and um, some hangings cool. that we had, we hung some Americans uh, soldiers, of course, that were captured from war. Damn Canadians. Um, I know. I know. You think Canadians are nice or not? They're out here hanging Americans. Um, and then basically, you know, where the Americans had killed Canadians or British, British soldiers really is who they were fighting at the time. And th- there was one part where we got to where this bridge is. And it's a, it, Scott and I have actually driven over this bridge many times before when we've gone into Hamilton. So Scott knows I live in Waterdown. And in order to get to the main city, which is Hamilton, there's this big long bridge that we've driven over at times off of the highway. And this bridge, I had no idea, was originally constructed as a railway bridge, and it had collapsed. And it had collapsed when a train was going on top of it. Oh, shit. So the first cart fell and was squished like an accordion. So everybody died in the water. But the second cart, um, it landed upright, and people were still able to get out. But unfortunately, not everybody did. And it talked about them pulling people who were alive or dead out of these carts. And how, you know, of course, the major land developer at the time who covered it up. And it was a really good historical tour. And the tour guide was the perfect mix between entertaining, but not over the top. Like he was just a good storyteller. 
it was an hour and a half long. It was fifteen dollars a person. That's not bad and, at all. No, no, and that's how much ours is nice. actually. Yeah. So um, I was like, you know, this is a really good deal. So I I'm doing the one with Scotty and George liked it so much that they're doing another special tour of Dundurn Castle at night, hmm. and then a bus coach tour where they take you around to all the hidden haunted haunted spots in Hamilton. And George turned to me and said, I want to do that. We should do that. So we booked tickets. So in October, I'm doing two ghost tours. I'm going to Safari Niagara for Boo at the Zoo. I'm going to a fall fair. And Scotty and I are going to go to, I got our tickets for Haunted Manor on Saturday night. Fuck yeah. Scott and I will be going on a haunted hayride in several haunted houses. Scott can see what a bitch I am because I jump. And the thing is, I think people don't realize when I go through these haunted houses or when I say people, the actors, is that I get startled really easily. Yeah. So I get startled, but like, I'm not, I don't actually think you're a killer clown that's coming to kill me. So they think because they've startled me that I'm going to be scared when they chase me and I end up not reacting. I think they get really disappointed. Right. Um, Because I'm like, dude, I know you're in a fucking costume. Like, it's okay. Like, I don't, I'm not terrified of what's going to happen next. You startled me because I, you know, I get startled. But uh, so Scott will see me jump a whole fuckload and then these guys try to chase me and nothing happened. It will be quite entertaining. Um, I love it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So yeah, if you're in the Hamilton area, uh, there was a lot of tourists because they asked how many people were local and how many people were just traveling through. Uh, It is ghostwalks.com. And if you're interested in the dark trolley tour, which I do recommend, it's ghostwalks.com dark trolley worth the money 15 bucks isn't much and that's 15 canadian so if you're american that's like five dollars so it's definitely (laughs) it's not that bad but it's it's not far off um so it's definitely worth uh worth your money and you know it was something different and it was nice to support you know a small business like that the tourist companies i'm sure got hit really bad with covid i'm sure you know you wouldn't have people on a trolley um during covid so it's nice that we can get back on and do this so yeah yeah that is really cool yeah it was fun it was something and you know it was early on in spooky season but uh it was warm enough to be down by the water so it wasn't too bad and yeah, this just makes me look forward to the one we're going on yeah i think we're gonna have a really good time scott i think if it's a similar storyteller we're gonna really really enjoy his uh his ability to tell stories so Awesome. That con- that concludes our what's new older watches in our 2022s. We will be back to talk about Russian horror. Maybe I don't know. Scott will use some Russian because he actually speaks very I'll little say, Russian. Yeah, I'll say like I, I used to know more, but you know, as you don't use it, it kind of fades away. But I will see what I can do because uh, some of the titles on Letterbox are written in Russian, and I can read how they. I can try to pronounce them out. Well, look at you, huh? Oh my! Well, that's something that you have to look forward to here on Friday Nightmares. So. After these messages, we'll be right back. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. 
For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Welcome back. Uh, today we are going to be talking about Russian horror, which is near and dear to Scotty because he took English, English, Russian language classes <laughs> and English language classes. God spoke I, gibberish for the first five years of his life. I still speak gibberish. I don't know English well. Um, and we're going to try something just a little bit different. So we're not kind of repeating ourselves over and over again. Scott and I are just going to kind of first, like, we'll introduce the movie. Scott will introduce the movie. Um, I'll give my general thoughts. Scott will give his general thoughts and then we'll talk about whether we recommend it or not. Um, just in general. So we're not, you know, sometimes I find personally, I know I do this a lot. I do repeat myself over and over again. So I kind of want to just like get to my main points and then move on. So yeah. uh, Scott, why don't you introduce our first film? All right. So the first film we will be talking about is called V, V-I-Y. It is uh, on Shutter. Uh, it was released November 27th, 1967. A young priest is ordered to preside over the wake of a witch in a small wooden church of a remote village. This means spending three nights alone with the corpse with only his faith to protect him. So I'll start off with my general thoughts on this. Um, first of all, it's a great film for 1967. It's really, it definitely the, the movie, the, virtu- the visual, uh, I feel like got some great inspiration from this film. You know, the basis of it is basically this priest is traveling one night, ends up having to sleep in a barn. This old woman comes to him. Um, and it turns out through these series of activities that they engage in that because of what she does, he kills her. And it turns out she's a beautiful witch. And uh, yeah, I guess karma comes to bite him in the ass because he has to preside over her dead body for three days. <laughs> and each day, things get increasingly worse that she tries to do to him at night. And eventually, you know, ending off in this kind of standoff with him and a bunch of demons and one that like has, you know, like eyelids that they have to force open because it's basically paper mache. And, but that's fine. This is 1967. And I think that, you know, if you take the movie as such, and you look at this as a folklore film that is talking about the dangers of witches and this monk trying to defend them, defend himself and the struggles that he has each night. I think it's a really entertaining watch. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, the special effects in it are good for 1967. And I think it's a great little piece of folklore. And that's my general thoughts on it. Yeah, and I was saying, I pretty much agree with you. Like, I found this to be weird at first. Like, oh, this is kind of a silly. And like, but as uh, the movie progressed, I was getting more and more like involved with it. I like, I liked the priest. I felt bad for what he had to go through. Like, um, and like, yeah, like as each night that he is residing over this body, it's just getting progressively and progressively worse. And I love it because it's just like, it's well-paced. It's only 77 minute runtime. And like, yeah, I was like, excited and curious to see what was going to happen every single night that he had to reside over this body and man i have to say like the russians definitely have a lot of uh folklore folkloric history yeah behind them and it's like a lot of it is very fascinating on how they perceive like the typical things that we know in our our uh you know in our area like with the folklore so like the way they look at witches and like the things they have to do and it mm-hmm. uh, it has like a um very unique take to the witchcraft and i love that the 
he does the whole circle of protection around himself while he is reciting passages from the Bible. And I love that he is reciting the passages from the Bible in in the Russian language. So I was able to pick up on a lot of the language, like a lot of the words. And it was very like for me, just because like I took those classes, it just like I really enjoyed that part. Um, but man, by the time it got to that third act with the the witch has summoned all these different demons and these demons were legit creepy. Even the silly yeah. big one was creepy as hell. Like, and like, it was kind of silly, obviously, because it's, you know, 67, 1967 effects compared to modern day effects. But like the story itself gave it this creepy vibe. And I really did enjoy what they did with this. Like it's, uh, it is definitely something very unique for its time. I agree. And I think that, as I said earlier, if you were a folklore completist or you like folklore, check out this movie. I, I think you'll be at a loss if you don't check it out. It's on Shutter. So if we've, you know, what we said has appealed to you, then that's where you can find it. Yeah, I'll say, and I, I definitely recommend this. Um, it is definitely like a unique, unique film for its time. And, you know, especially being a Russian horror film, like I don't know how many Russian horror films were out around this time, but this is definitely one that I've heard a lot of good things about before from other people. And uh, yeah, like this is one you should check out, especially if you're a big horror film buff and just want to like see something from another country. Absolutely. And we'll move to our second film. This one's a uh, flash forward to 2017. <laughs> we jumped forward quite a bit, but... Yes, um, this one I'm pulling up the letterbox real quick. Uh, let's see. All right, so this one is The Bride, also known as Navesta, and it is uh, was released on January 19th, 2017. When a new bride travels with her husband to his ancestral home, she is subjected to a mysterious wedding ceremony. So this one is very much a ghost story for me. Uh, reminds me very much of a mix between Princeton Peak. And what was the other movie I said that it kind of, oh, and oh, ready, uh, or ready, not. ready or not, uh, you know, the whole crazy shit that happens when you get married into a family, um, you know, this, it starts off with the legend about the photographer taking a picture of his dead fiance who died on the eve of their wedding and taking her soul and placing it in that of a barmaid's because there used to, there's a belief that you can capture the soul in the picture and move it to another person so he moves it to this barmaid the soul moves into her and i guess this individual lives for years but needs fresh bodies uh to move into that need to be virginal bodies so the son who marries the bride they have a actual like legal wedding and then he brings her to meet his family and his sister lives at the house with two kids along with um, her father that lives there and they're supposed to be working up to this wedding and her husband goes missing. So the girl is going to get married. Her fiance gets, goes missing. You find out later he's been captured because they need to prep the bride to be the sacrifice for the old woman to move into. And it's a, a really good ghost story. Honestly, the young lady that's in this is in this, this movie and another movie we're going to talk about shortly. It's a very much paint by numbers ghost story, but I liked it. I liked it. I there's a standoff where um, the ghost overtakes the woman's the girl's body, but realizes she's not a virgin. They have had sex, and thus she, the, as a ghost, goes after the entire family, and the sister ends up sacrificing herself so they can 
the the brother and the bride and with her kids can get away and I really enjoyed the story I I think for like I think it was like an hour and a half runtime it didn't overstay its welcome it was simple it was quick and I was able to follow along with it yeah I once again I agree with you like this was a once again another easy watch uh this is where I feel like a lot of the uh Russian films have almost like a made for tv feel to them Mm -hmm. which is not Mm -hmm. saying that's a bad thing it just uh it just like it reminded me of that a bit and like it was just very fast paced uh and yeah it did remind me a lot of ready or not with like the cursed rich family that uh has to do this specific ritual every so often when uh mm-hmm. when someone gets married into the family and how like that curse or i guess it was kind of like time goes by and she needs a new body kind of thing like i kind of i wasn't sure if it was like marriage or like oh it's time for a new body <laughs> right well i, th- I think it <laughs> Because uh, because she was a bride at the time, so I think she like think there had to be oh, a I marriage. Get it. I got you. I got you. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, but yeah, I love the I I do love these characters. They uh they are all really like like I was invested in the husband and wife and like wanting nothing bad to happen to them. And like the family was definitely a bit quirky and crazy, and you're wondering what the hell's going on. But like I really dug the mystery to this. I dug the folklore of you know capturing the soul in a picture because I. I I have heard about that before, like you know the the camera. Oh, the picture. really? Yeah, I've heard of oh, the cool. picture capturing your soul. Like hmm. they just kind of implemented that, whether it's like a Russian thing or if it's just like something I've heard of before from another story. Like it works, and it uh, it's a very fascinating ghost story. Like I, you know, there wasn't much blood or anything like that. A lot of like a lot of these films actually were very blood bloodless for the most part, which is not a bad yeah. thing either. Yeah. Uh, just and it had like a. Uh, simplistic ghost story to it but it was definitely not a bad film like i really enjoyed like watching it i hadn't no it was an easy watch it was fun like it and i definitely enjoyed like the whole uh as soon as she as soon as the mother or grandmother gets possesses the body of the virgin the quote-unquote virgin and she finds out the body rejects her basically and like then she goes on that rampage i really did dig that like because they lied about her like not consummating the marriage and stuff like that when they legally got married but yeah i definitely dig i definitely dug this it was a very uh interesting interesting ghost story yeah, I thought it was fun. I think if you like bare bone ghost stories, then you'll like this. If you like Crimson Peaks and you liked Ready or Not and you want to see it combined in a in a different kind of spin, check out this movie. It's uh it's fun. And I believe yeah. it's on Tubi. We watched it on Tubi. Yep, every every film uh, this one and the next two were both on we're all on Tubi. So yeah, I can definitely recommend this as well. Like it's yeah, it's an easy watch. It's nothing like it's nothing to blow your mind or anything like that, but it was no. still a good a good fun ghost story. Yeah, really, really entertaining. So we'll talk about the next one, which was made like just over a month after this one, or released, I should say, released. Yes, uh, let me pull up the letterbox for that so I can read the uh, Russian title of it as well. All right, so this is Vamps, also known as Ghouls, and then in Russian, it is the Verdalaki, uh, released February 22nd, 2017. The story takes place in 18th century Russia. Empress Elizabeth's confessor monk named Lavir is exiled to a monastery in a haunted mountainous region, taking his secret ancient knowledge with him. Years later, the empress sends her godson Andre to bring the monk back. Andre travels to the ill-famed place and meets with Lavir, but before they can return to St. Petersburg, 
they must face evil forces and creatures of the dark side. And this was a movie that was recommended by our friend Xander Kane. And, oh yeah, sorry, my turn. Yep. <laughs> I didn't really like this film that much, so I don't have a lot to say because it's very fantasy-based. Um, Scott will have more to say. And it's not that's not a dig at, at Xander at all. It just really wasn't my thing. <laughs> um here's what i will say that i did like about it is i thought the vampire legend was done well in this i thought that they did a good job of the whole turning into bats and the one part where the kid there's a young child that this woman is begging for the priest to save but it's too late he's turned into a vampire and he kills his mom i thought that was really really well done i felt like the monk character in this was very heroic and self-sacrificing like i felt like he realized what they were up against and the evil that they were trying to combat and how challenging it was i guess the head vampire was very looming and very intimidating but there was a lot of like honestly this was like a a a, a sci-fi fantasy film that was just really hard for me to get through um nothing really stands out except for the stuff i talked about if i'm real honest um hopefully well i know scott will have more to say on this and i do thank god because it just wasn't my thing but i think it does explore the vampire folklore well i will give it that i do think it explores the folklore lore well and i think if you enjoy fantasy horror this is a film you should check out though it feels like a porn at times where they stare at each other longingly and no one fucked so i was a little disappointed with that but overall it was you know it was okay yeah, and I'll say, uh, yeah, so this one, yeah, like uh, Heather said, I, I like this more than her. Um, it definitely uh, didn't drag for me. Uh, I, I think it's because I am a fantasy nerd in a lot of ways. Uh, this felt like, uh, like I've said about the earlier, this felt like a made-for-TV sci-fi channel movie. Um, once again, not a bad thing. I'm just saying that's how it felt like to me. Like, almost felt like a very long episode of something like Xena, Warrior, Princess, yeah. Hercules, something in that comparison. Realm. Yeah, like I just had that feel to it. Once again, not saying that as a bad thing. It just had that feel to it for me. Um, but I found like this to be very interesting with like it being set in 18th century Russia, like with the monks, the monastery and all that. And yeah, like you were saying about the vampire, he's very imposing and uh, very intimidating. And the folklore for the vampires in this is very good. Uh, the What I like too is it almost in a way kind of gave me slightly John Carpenter's vampires vibes like not with the vampire hunters or anything like that but the vampire itself like the main vampire kind of he kind of reminded me of that character a little yeah bit. i agree i agree um but like i like that he's like his whole purpose is to awaken the rest of his brethren and like just kind of take over the world during this nighttime and like you find out that there are uh others that are out there that have a little bit of like the vampiric ancestral blood in them where they're able to walk during the day i believe but they have no vampiric curse to them so they're not they're not needing blood or anything like that. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm a bit foggy on some of it because I watched this earlier uh, this week. And uh, I know like, I'm and we didn't love it. Sorry, Xander. We would probably be more on it if we like were in love with it. Right. Like, it's definitely not a bad movie, but there was something no. about like uh, he was trying to uh, turn the woman in this into one of his vampire brides, if I remember correctly, like by like giving her blood or something like that because she had the vampiric ancestry in her and yeah like i said i think all the characters did really well like it was very intriguing and uh a very unique story uh very unique storytelling because you don't see many horror films nowadays 
based in this era of time no no like a lot of hammer horror films yes but like uh like back in the 60s and 70s but like nothing like that nowadays and i'm glad to see there is stuff like this still coming out and i did enjoy this but uh, yeah there was i wish there would have been for being vampires wish there would have been some blood Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but other than that like yeah i didn't mind this movie it was entertaining enough i would recommend it if you really like fantasy like a lot yeah like, you got to really dig fantasy horror. I would say that would be up your alley then. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, yeah, if you are a fantasy nerd like me, you would probably enjoy it. Like, have find some entertainment out of it. And obviously, Xander really did dig this one. I think he gave it four out of five stars on Letterboxd. Um, I think I was more along the lines of a three out of five. So, it was, yeah, like, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as Xander, but I still enjoyed it and had my had my had fun with it watching. And it's good folklore for the for the vampire myth. Like, I think that Russian films, from what I've seen so far, do folklore well. Yes. Right. That, like uh, that seems to be their bread and butter because like, there is a lot of folkloric history yeah um, and this one the final one is actually dairy folklore yes and this one actually was recommended to uh to us by our uh our listener jason gray i thanks jason i really enjoyed this one i look forward to giving him a little spoiler on it i think this was my favorite out of all these all right so the movie we are talking about is the mermaid lake of the dead and let me try to pronounce this in russian uh so this is rusalka zero mertvi and the uh, rusalka is uh this is why jason gray had brought it up because we had talked about on one of our episodes about a uh about like folkloric stuff that we'd like to see in movies or like creatures mm-hmm. with mythology that we know about and the rusalka was basically a Mixed between the Verdelac, or not the Verdelac, but the, uh, was it the Verdelac? But it was the frog creature that I talked about in the one that I'd like to see more of. Yeah, yeah, yes. And uh, he said that the Rusalka is very similar to that in in Russian folklore. And yeah, Rusalka is basically like almost a mixture of a dead or undeadish type mermaid creature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let me get into the uh, synopsis here. Uh, it was released July 12th. 2018 a water nymph falls in love with a woman's fiance and aims to keep him all to herself in her underwater kingdom where she is cursed to spend eternity yeah i really thought this was a great story i love how they set up with what happened with the parents like there's actually three different stories in this movie um yes and I thought it, that that tie into the myth. So we just see this guy in a dock and he's like obviously en- entranced and his wife sacrifices herself because you hear at the beginning, they kind of talk about the mermaid tale, how you're not supposed to go walking at the waters at night, because if you do, and you come across the mermaid, the mermaid will ask if you love her. And if you say yes, we'll take you down to the, to the depths of the water with her. If you say no, she'll haunt you until it drives you crazy and then take something that you love so that you're alone. Right. So you're fucked either way, basically. Yeah. Right. In other words, um, heed the warning of not going out to the waters at night, please. Right. (laughs) So, you know, it's obviously a cautionary chill tale for children to keep them away from drowning. But I thought that that was a great setup. I thought the original story with the mom and the dad of we find out the son and his sister and then his son, the son has a fiance and they're going to get married and he goes out to the cabin his buddy has them out at this house that they haven't been to in 20 years because the mom died and went missing out there you know she drowned and the mermaid shows up and bewitches the fiance and the fiance doesn't say that he loves her so she basically stalks him 
and does a lot of fucked up shit. Now, the only part I, the only beef I had in this is there's a part where his real life fiance gets mad that this mermaid came onto him. I'm not quite sure how it's his fault that the mermaid came onto him and why she's such a bitch about it. Um, obviously it's a supernatural entity and like the reason why the mermaid's so pissed is because the fiance didn't want her in the first place. And we find out that the original story is because this woman was in love with a young man who said that he was in love with her, but then got married to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And in a jealous rage, she killed the bride and she was killed in response. And her, her ghost or entity haunts the waters. And I, I just love this film. I thought it was really, really well done. And yes, it's very dark, like in the sense, like it, it's physically dark. A lot of it is filmed at night because that's when the mermaid comes out. But I thought it was suspenseful. I thought it had good jump scares. I thought it was like a creepy ghost story mixed with a legend. I thought the ending made you wonder if they had succeeded or yes. if she had just taken a new form um in terms of taking over the fiance but i i thought it was great i thought it moved quickly i was interested in what was going to happen i was invested in all the characters it's it's very much in a sense bubblegum horror in the sense that it's not super deep but it moves quick it's great it kind of reminded me of the hollows yeah right with just how well it moved and it's filmed really in the dark and stuff but it moved quick yeah, I agree. And uh, no, I, I I think out of all of them, this is the one, this one and V are the ones I like the most because this one mm. really dived into the folklore of the Rusalka. And, or sorry, let me do this in the correct Russian way. The Rusalka. <laughs> Got to roll those R's. <laughs> Rusalka. That was good. That was impressive. Um, but yeah, this one really dives deep into the folklore history and like, seems to do a lot of like a lot of deep study on this which is really neat i love that and like it builds on this the entire story and like you were saying like adds a little story history history story for how she became the rusalka and all that yeah yeah i i really dug that and once again yeah like this has the same actress from the bride in it and like both movies she does a great job both yeah. Both movies kind of funny that she's either the fiance or the bride in it. Um, one thing I will uh, say, like to what you were saying about, like uh, didn't like the fact that she got upset about the Rusalka like flirting with uh, the husband or the fiance is uh, while he did kiss her, like, but that's also because he was in the trance. But uh, that's why she. Yeah, got upset. I just thought she like over exaggerated. Oh, she definitely did. She like, got really dude, pissed at him. Look at your fucking fiance. It looks like he's gonna fucking die, and this is the time that you take that stance that you're gonna be like. I don't know. That I thought was a little strange. right. More or less, you should say we're going to talk about this after you healed. <laughs> or like, how about we? You got enhanced. You got entranced by a fucking mermaid. Let's try to see if we can survive this fucking nightmare nursery right, I mean, ride. Right, she probably didn't believe that there was a mermaid. Like, maybe, so. yeah, yeah. Until well, well she, she eventually did. Yeah, eventually I'll say until she eventually did. ran into it yeah, personally yeah. and. Yeah, but no, I found this to be like really had some really creepy moments. The Rusalka itself was very creepy, like a creepy monster that you also felt bad for at the same time. Yeah. Hey, sorry, hold on a second. As our pussy fight. Mm-hmm. Quit being assholes. But uh, yeah, I, I really did like the take on the Rusalka on this and like, yeah, how creepy and tragic her story was. And like, 
whole the whole thing i like like you said it was an easy watch super uh super entertaining had some creepy moments to it it was shot like you said in the dark so it was like had just more of a atmosphere to it because of that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but uh yeah i'm there with you i think this was a great little folkloric story from russia and like i'm glad that we got this recommended i'm glad that we had two movies recommended to us by two of our friends like two people that listen and also are are friends of ours like absolutely i appreciate that because they you know pointed out some interesting movies for us to talk about here and i i definitely recommend this one yeah same with me i i thought all these movies were you know whether i really cared for vance and ghouls like i still think it's a quality film it just wasn't my thing um but the rest of them i great actually i could say this is more of a hit than what we've had in a while um and I did like how quick these films were getting to the point, like yes. not dragging it out, dragging it out, like getting to the point of what needs to be talked about. I really did appreciate. Um, so, yeah. And I know we have a couple more countries to do. I believe we have Ukraine, Brazil, Yep, uh, Ukraine, Brazil, Indonesia, Indonesia. And I think they're, I'm sure I'll, pro- I'll probably like have a couple more pop up in my head. I'd be like, oh, we should do these. Yeah. Right. And we'll probably, this will probably take us till the end of the year. Um, and then probably starting in the new year, we'll be starting with a new format for our show. Yeah. But yeah, because um, we're going to finish off with uh, picking movies from each of our, our state and our state. province, <laughs> right? And that's how we're going to finish that off. And then probably by the time we get to that, it will be our award show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So Which is cool. I, I like that we've been able to do this the entire time. And like, it's introducing us to a lot of interesting films. It is. And it's allowing us to look at how different films make like how different countries make films and how they tell their stories and you know it's kind of provided us a different perspective for sure uh speaking of perspective our out of the dark sub uh segment is actually a lot about perspective and Mm -hmm. how some people may feel about something that's uh coming out so i'll let you introduce this scotty because you know more about this character than i do all right so we are for our out of the dark segment we decided to discuss our thoughts on the new hellraiser being directed by david bruckner who is also the director of the night house um and his take on the clive barker tale and his casting choice for pinhead the lead cenobite who he casted was a transgender female named jamie clayton and who boy have the uh, comments under Facebook awoken some angry people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to say right off the bat, I think this is a wonderful fucking casting because she is an amazing actress. And like, uh, and I like it fits the role perfectly. She has like the structure, like skeletal structure to have a good look of Pinhead. But the reason Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring this up for this out of the dark is they revealed her look and of what Pinhead looks like in this and fucking bravo. I love the look of Pinhead in this. I am so fucking excited for this movie. I have high hopes for it. I'm hoping I don't have too high hopes that it comes crashing down, but you know, I am looking forward to what she brings to the table for this because you know, we have all these people that are like, oh, it should be Doug Bradley. This is stupid. They're remaking it. Blah, well, blah, Doug blah. Doug Bradley's pretty old, isn't he? Right. Well, Doug Bradley is old, and this is a, re- a re-adaptation of the Hellraiser novel. And what a lot of these people don't know is they never read the tale of the Hellbound Heart or Hellbound Heart. Yeah. Uh, in the book, it even says that when Pinhead speaks or the lead Cenobite speaks, he speaks in a childlike womanly voice. And the Cenobites are all very androgynous. So yeah. the casting of a female in this role is fucking perfect. I think it's just a brilliant idea. 
Yeah, and- like when you told me that, Scott, um, because I don't I don't know about the original novel. I've never read it. I don't I don't pretend to. I was like, well, then why is everyone upset? <laughs> What's the problem? Like, because no one's just, read the book and they're just all basing it off of uh, Bradley's performance, guaranteed. Like, to, and and I swear to God, if someone uses the word "fucking woke" you know to say to. that this is being done for because so a female can be on in it, I swear I'm gonna have to punch some bitches out because, like, clearly, if the if the if the character was assigned to be basically non-gendered and is supposed to be just creepy why do you care who plays it and and can we please get over having old fucking movie stars play people like can we all just agree that the nick castles are far and few in between and at least with that it like michael ages like he's older he's supposed to be older right robert england should not be donning any fucking freddy makeup and act playing freddy krueger anymore like can we accept that these are characters and the actors that play them are separate than the characters and that someone else could possibly play that character and it actually doesn't like hurt you at all and it doesn't harm any of your like liking of the film like you can pick and choose which which actor you like to play whatever role you and you enjoy right exactly like you know, Doug Bradley, I've seen him like don the makeup and everything like that at conventions and stuff like that. And yeah, he still looks like Pinhead, but you know, he is up there in age. And to be honest, you know, the Hellraiser movies that he's been in, the only good ones he was in for sure, like like that everyone seems to agree on, are one, two, and some agree three. But like the sequels, you know, they got worse and worse and worse as the movies progressed. And like they and it's not his fault it's obviously like the storylines just weren't there and whatnot because he obviously always does a great job as pinhead because he's creepy and his voice is awesome but he can only do as good of a job as what's written for him too like there's even times where he talks about i forget what i watched i think it was on shutter and it talked about like how he was like yeah as it got later the fucking it got shittier like he's i know it did he's he's like He's blunt yeah, as hell like about it, his shit. You know, it was a paycheck. Like, and I appreciate that. He's like, yeah, man, like it sounded dumb. There are lyrics, like lines that I said that sounded fucking dumb. And I yeah. appreciate that he had the guts to say that. Yeah, I'll say that's one reason I love Doug Bradley, because he is very just blunt and honest about his opinion. He's right. like, yeah, you know, but you know, they have uh there's two Hellraiser movies where they recasted Pinhead. Uh one, I hate this term, but they call him fat pinhead. He's not fat, he's a thicker guy. He's he's like my size. He's not fucking fat. He's yeah, just but a bit shaming thicker. is not cool. People need to grow the fuck up. Yeah, and yes, the movie was not that great, but at the same time, it wasn't as bad as everyone's making it out to be. I have not seen Hellraiser Judgment, which is another one that the pinhead was recast but i heard that that guy did a really good job i do want to go back and watch that um but yeah as it comes like for characters like this like that are supposed to be like androgynous and everything why not have a different gender play the character who cares let them bring a different flair to the character especially especially if the novel even kind of hints at being kind of feminine in a way yeah like the novel like i don't know to me clive 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 is it clive Barker. Barker. Like his his novel was really exploring the dark realms of sexuality. Yeah. Sex, sexuality. And I don't understand. It was almost like exploring the term of asexual or BDSM before people really were talking about it in the public space. Not people were doing it and people still represented with that sexual preference, but it was bringing it to the limelight. Yeah. And 
I just think that at times, you know, even if like they, but I'm also the same person that they remain nightmare on Elm street and cast a woman in it. I wouldn't care either. Right. Like I, I honestly wouldn't care. It would, I would not be curious. I would be more intrigued to be like, all right, what, let's right. see what she brings to the table. I'm very curious about this. If it was like a female pedophile, because originally they wanted to be a pedophile. Right. So if it was like a female pedophile that gets killed and then comes back and, you know, same concept hunts kids down in their dreams. I'd watch it. Yeah. Like why wouldn't I? And it, if it's not good, it's not good. You don't have to watch it again. That's a great thing about movies. Like I just, I don't, I don't feel as though nothing is like, well, you and I both feel this way. Everything is touchable. Everything can make money. Anything can work. If you want to try something different and new, try something different and new. You know, I'm not a big Rob Zombie fan. I've talked about this before, but he tries different shit with his movies all the time. Yeah. All the time. And maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's your thing. Maybe it's not. That's okay. Yeah. Like, but like, you, you don't, I don't know. Don't be so close-minded that you can't accept that a female is going to play a role. Like, honestly, or someone who identifies as female is going to play a role. Like if you don't like it, then you don't have to watch it again. Good news. Right. And that is one thing I will say that I do love about our horror podcast community of us horror podcasters that are mm. like, you know, friends and stuff. A lot of us will give these new movies a chance and yeah. won't bitch about and like, and if they don't like the film, it's not because of, oh, they replaced the so-and-so character with a gender, a uh, different gender, blah, blah, blah. They would they would criticize the movie as a movie. Yeah. Like, like and that's what I like about our community. But like the horror community in general does not do that. And they like, oh, this movie's woke or they're trying to push an agenda. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up. You are just let someone try something fucking different. Your franchise is still there. You're not going to be. You're not going to get your, don't get your panties in a twist. Like you're they're going to like burn all the copies of the original Hellraiser and you'll never be able to see Doug Bradley again. Don't worry. It's not an educational book that people should be reading at school. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You'll still be able to fucking find it. Anyway. Um, like I just, I, yeah. And yet again, like I, 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 I'm sure if they were like, Hey, we're going to do Michael Myers, but you know, okay. Halloween ends is coming up by the way. I have no idea what happens in Halloween ends. Let's say the daughter kills Michael Myers and becomes a new version of Michael Myers. And they make a spinoff movie on her being a psychopathic murderer. Yeah. Murderer. I'd watch it. Right. Same. I'd be interested. Can a female get away with this more than a man can? Will she wear a mask? Like if they had actually gone forward with Daniel Harris, Harris. as, you know, the new Michael as a child, I would have watched those movies. Yeah, same. Fuck yeah, I would have. Like, I feel like they chickened out on that shit. And why not? Like, what What if it? What if we remade Halloween 4 or we remade the Halloween franchise that Daniel Harris, like using that whole concept of her being Michael's niece, becomes a psychopath? Yeah, I'd right? like, watch it. I would check it out. Why not? Why not? See how it goes. If it sucks, it sucks. I just won't watch it again. Like I just I I think that's where I have a hard time. I will always have a hard time when people get so worked up about something being made and like I don't know. I, don't know. I, I just don't maybe I just have bigger things to worry about. Yeah, know. right. I just don't like well, I mean, and, you know, same with uh could be said for uh Candyman. If Candyman yeah. was a woman and like just say like a black woman well, that technically had the... she was like and yeah at, like the end... The end of, at the end of the very first film yeah right helen, helen was basically the new candy man right but, uh... so like what if they had gone off on that yeah and run with that you know it would have been really interesting to see what would have happened differently agreed right so yeah i i don't know i'll still i'm i like the first two hellraisers i watched the third which was a little silly like a little you could tell they were trying to make pinhead freddy krueger <laughs> 
yeah like it got a little silly and like i i enjoyed doug doug bradley's lines in the first one the most and in the yes. second one where he sees christy again he's like christy you know like i do like that i i do like um i think he did and it doesn't take away like this having someone else in the role doesn't take away from his performance so um yeah you know and it's funny like no one ever talks about the fact that originally you know art the clown and when we look at all hallows eve was played by a different dude right like we don't know who that guy was and really that role is a silent role yeah like yes david howard thornton does a fucking incredible job i can't wait for terrifier 2 to come out but if for some reason he didn't want to do it anymore and they could find someone that could do something similarly i would watch it like oh, absolutely. i give it a shot if i like david help and, and it's not to say i couldn't say oh i like him more in his portrayal obviously that's that's fine but when people get so super worked up and upset i just don't get that piece of it yeah you know like, what i mean like i don't get that like i don't care you can have anybody play any character as long as the actor is good whether it's for body acting like the physical acting or like vocal acting like as long as you get somebody that you feel fits the story you are trying to tell with that character, then fucking have at it. I am down to watch it. Yeah, if I don't like it, I don't like it. Like, if they remade Gremlins now, like, and you watched it and you were like, man, I don't really, like, you might say to me, oh, I didn't really like it because ABCD. That's okay. You, it doesn't mean you still can't go back and watch the original. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and you... And you damn and yeah. you damn well know I would be in theaters day one if it was a remake because I'd be like, yeah, I'll even though this is my favorite movie, I'm curious to see what you'd do as a remake. Yeah, like Nightmare on Elm Street is one of my favorite films. And Lance, it's funny, Lance sent me a me and Tim a private message because I said it was the remake wasn't as bad as. <laughs> and Lance does think, by the way, that the remake is horrible. In many mm-hmm. words, he told us uh, both <laughs> Tim and I, and that's fine. Like, hey, man, like no, you know, Lance knows. Like, do you? And <laughs> but. Yeah, do I think I do I think that the original Nightmare on Elm Street is better? Of course I do. It's a better film. But I didn't think the remake was horrible. I enjoy watching it enough for what it is. I don't know. Maybe you and I are just too passive and people want us to be more like put a put a line in the stand, but I'm never going to be that person, especially when it comes to fucking art, man. These are fucking movies. <laughs> Like, yep, art, art is subjective and people have right. their own interpretations but yeah i'm excited to see you know I, and um, i hope pe- people who are like oh man it's a female pinhead get the fuck over themselves because yeah i uh i because i have a feeling like just because you know obviously david bruckner did the fucking nighthouse that movie was incredible so yeah, it was to have someone like this doing fucking hellraiser i can only imagine and it's already been uh rated for uh graphic violence and extreme nudity extreme brief nudity so it's like this Mm -hmm. is going to be this is definitely going to be a hellraiser film so i am very and they've showed images not only of jamie clayton as pinhead but they've shown images of one of the other cenobites named the mask m-a-s-q-u-e holy fuck does that thing look creepy as hell awesome so this so uh this comes out october 7th on hulu and fuck yeah i am watching it oh this is I, this is one I've been excited for all year because I, 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 well, this is one I've been excited for. I had no idea it was going to be done and released this year. I figured we'd have to wait till 2023. So I am happy that it's coming out like right around my birthday too. So, oh, nice. It'll be nice for us to talk about that on uh, on an episode of, you know, we'll watch it and see what we think. I, uh, okay. One last thing I want to say that really frustrates me, Scott, about this whole like ticking a different, like, you know, gender for a role or whatever. Does it ever bother you when people are like oh well the original actor gave their blessing for that person to do it i want to be like 
Well, they don't own the fucking characters, so I I don't think they really need to. Like Wes Craven was the one that created the concept of Freddy Krueger. It wasn't. It wouldn't matter who Robert England gave his fucking blessing to. He didn't create the fucking character. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I find that. And like whether they do or not, or or they acknowledge someone else did a good job. Like when did Bruce Campbell say something about the chick that was in the remake of The Evil Dead? Like I think he did, yeah. Yeah, but I think he said like it was a good movie and she did a good job. Like that that's fine. I'm not talking about that. But when people use that, it's like, oh well, he gave his blessing. Yeah, what which the is fuck? which is funny they bring that up because uh <laughs> there has been a tweet being uh spread around Facebook of doug bradley like giving his praise like i am excited for this new take on pinhead with jamie clayton because i watched her uh, i've watched her work in sense eight i think it was and he's like i loved her as an actress and that so he's like so i can't wait to see what she does with this role and people are going ah doug bradley's giving his praise i'm like oh shut up the only one that should be saying that is jamie clayton who did go oh my god Doug Bradley actually watched me in Sensate and absolutely loved yeah. me. She's like, oh my God, I'm fangirling here. Like, I was like, see, now that, yeah, her, she can go talk about it. But like, you fans, shut the fuck up. Well, like, and, and, you know, Clyde Barker's just saying something complimentary, like another, about another actor, like a professional should. Um, and like, he doesn't own the character. Right. And again, Clyde Barker's the one that wrote about the character. Like, that's, yeah. what, that's what always confuses me. Now, if they said, Clyde Barker endorses that adaptation. Stephen King liked the adaptation, the film adaptation of the of Misery more than his. Sure. I think that's valid, you know, and a valid feedback because the person that created the character or created the story is acknowledging that they like what was done with it. Exactly. But like to go to an actor, like how many people have played fucking Michael Myers or Jason? Do we need to go get all their blessings before we have a new Jason? Like get the fuck right. out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean like is it shit like that or like when Mark Hamill voiced the voice of Chucky did Brad Dorf give his blessing to Mark Hamill like it right. was a different Chucky like I don't anyway people actors don't own the roles the people who created the role who created the character own that yeah, exactly. and if they want to say they like something or they thought it was really good I take that with a lot more I don't know value than I do the actor that played it like right. it's it's their job to act <laughs> Right, exactly. For a living, like they they adopt to different roles, and they and they. I think how Doug Bradley did it here is a great example of one professional recognizing another professional. Yeah, exactly. Like he did a. I like how that was worded, and I loved and I loved Jamie's reaction to it because she was just like so fangirling, like "Oh my god, he's watched my other stuff and loved it." Oh my god, because it's really between them. Yeah, it's really like, and it's great that we're all you know able to witness it as as viewers. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited to see it, and I just really wish people would stop getting upset about people getting swapped in and out. And I really do wish they had taken that Daniel Harris thing, or um, at the end of Candyman and seen what would have happened. Yes, with a female Candyman. I would have been very curious. I would have really like to see that i think that helen helen as a new candy man would have been cool like i would have yeah. been interested to see what they did with that as it went on um or just another candy man another version of the legend you know like right it like been, i, I would have been very curious about that yeah it would have been cool to see who knows maybe that will come up in the future one day yeah. um as we get more female directors and and more variety in horror and and you know more looking at things just from different perspectives maybe we'll start to see different takes on these classics and different expanding on on who they have play them so that comes to our tail end of our 65th episode for the friday nightmares podcast thank you so much as always for listening and your suggestions we do appreciate it 
if you, um, obviously you're listening to us, but if you would like to listen to more of the Legion podcast, awesome family that we have, you can, uh, Google Legion podcast and you can listen to it on any, you know, stream Spotify, iTunes or whatever. You can go on there and see lots of different awesome shows as well as if you are not a member yet, there is a Patreon page for Legion podcast members. You can win codes for streaming for free streaming stuff. Uh, Also, you get special access to shows prior to them being released. Uh, I don't know if Scott and I will ever do. (laughs) We may do that at some point again. At some point again. Um, But if you haven't joined Legion Patreon yet, which is only $3 a month and you get tons of value and content, well, Scotty has one question for you. Comrade, what are you waiting for? (laughs) What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? <laughs> so join today and uh, and yeah, and check out my interview with Tim Davis from the Horror for Dummies podcast. Uh, he it was interviewed, a great interview. Yeah, it was fun. He interviewed me about my uh, interest in horror and how Scotty and I got started in doing Friday Nightmares. And then he asked a whole bunch of questions. Uh, and Scotty did one as well. I don't know when yours is going to be released, Scotty, though. Yeah, I was thinking it might be this week, but uh, I think it might have to be pushed back because uh, he's going to do, obviously, Horror for Dummies today was released. And then uh, Wrestling for Dummies will be coming out because of the pay-per-views coming out. But so he I... doesn't really watch wrestling. <laughs> no, he weird. doesn't. But I know it's kind of funny. But I think he closes his eyes and ears halfway through uh, Dynamite. In the <laughs> Tim, but, just uh... you wait. So I have, I have a feeling it'll be like probably by the time this episode is released, maybe it'll be out by then or maybe it'll be out like right after it. Yeah, I I hope so. Um, I look forward to hearing your interview and, and please check out Horror for Dummies and Horrors for Wrestling. Tim is usually wrong about a lot of his opinions on wrestling, but um, he's pretty good horror movies. <laughs> I think mean, he's pretty on the mark there. I mean, um, and, and I love his take on everything like wrestling and horror. It's always interesting. His, his take is wrong. His take is um, wrong. I mean, his, his take may be wrong, but I still love hearing it because like so- it makes me laugh because I know, especially with you, I'm like, Oh, when Heather hears this, oh, he is going to get it. He's going to get it. <laughs> you know what is true? Like, honestly, I was listening to that podcast and I, where he talks about his predictions for AW All Out and uh, what was the castle one called? Uh, Clash at the Castle. Clash, Clash at the Castle. I was like, you motherfucker, Tim. Like, he said something and I was like, that's it. That's it. And I feel like also, I think part of this is because he's afraid to have me on his show. Um, <laughs> he's definitely afraid and he should be. He should he's, be ter- afraid he's terrified to have a real fan who who watches full episodes Ooh. and understands when Thunder Rosa has been on television. Ooh, but anyway, get him. Get <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Tim's like, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm like, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why would you say that knowing that I listened to the show? Why, why would he? he I think he did that purposely because knowing you listen to the show. Well, there's other people that probably think he's wrong, so it's not just right, me. but I, but he knows that you will call him out on it. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why, or he's scared. My trip to Australia may never happen because Tim may just <laughs> throw me out in the outback, which I probably deserve. So, um, but yes, please check out. Uh, they have some great content besides my interview and Scott's interview, they do lots of well. They're covering the Phantasm series right now, which is very fascinating. Um, are you following? up and still watching the phantasm movies when they when they're uh, doing them like are you watching them because you were didn't you didn't you watch like three or something like that or two uh i watched i, I still need to watch the rest of part four what do you think so far yeah it's weird but i oh, still enjoy weird? i am i enjoy them they get like like hellraiser weird 
No, more just like, what the fuck is going on? They answer questions and then leave more questions unanswered. So it's just like, huh. Like oh, man. I knew that was going to happen, though, because I've watched three out of the five before. So I okay. knew that it was just kind of weird. You knew what you were there. getting into. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we look forward to seeing you guys next time in episode 66, which I feel like we'll probably do Ukraine horror. Yeah, see if we can find some Ukrainian horror because I yeah. think Ukrainian and Russian horror will be kind of blended together because they do share the same language, like yeah. uh, the similar language. I know there are some differences, but uh, so it may be hard for us to like pinpoint exactly what is Ukrainian or whatnot, but we will try to find those. We'll do our best here. Yeah. We're just two simple podcasters just trying to make it through. Exactly. We'll do, I'll do some research and see what I can find for us. <laughs> yeah, you probably will. You've been the one picking out the movie so far. So you've done a good job of it too, actually. Well, thank you. You're a superhero, Scott. A hero among all men. Who's watching super AW, smoke show. Who's watching AEW All Out tonight. He just found yeah. out. Yeah. Right. It's nice because maybe you'll stay in your eye, keep your eyes open and ears open watching it, unlike other people we know. So anyway. Um oh shit. Loving this. I know. I know. Tim's like, oh you bitch. <laughs> Heather, that bitch. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Anyway, um, until next time. Um, I hope we hope you guys are staying well, enjoying this start of September. And Scotty has one last thing to say to you. Until next time, kitties. Dos vodonia. I was in unpleasant dreams in Russian, you just said? No, dos vodonia. Dos vodonia is goodbye in Russian. Oh, all right. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.